So that's how Bing Crosby and Mick Jagger ended up in Brazil. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Fascinating story. Yeah. Oh, that was. Well, if you if you go back and read the story where they started, that's that's even more incredible. Yeah. Well. Wish everybody could really hear that story. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. we don't have time to There's tell. So today. much detail. Yeah, it. so we're back for another episode. <laughs> poor, poor Chase is just made. He's like, I can't believe I handed this over to this guy. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a more fascinating part of history than what he always brings up. You know, the Declaration of Independence or whatever. Mm. So here we are talking about fitness stuff on the Coyote Fitness Podcast. We just tore it up uh, last episode, talking about the Open and all our opinions about the Open. The only way to follow that is having an incredible guest sit in the Coyote Fitness Podcast studio with us today. Hunter, why don't you introduce our guest today? Yeah, we're pretty excited about this today. We got a special guest, Tyler Moore, Major League Baseball player, professional athlete, extraordinaire. <laughs> extraordinaire. <laughs> That's so, what's on the back of his jersey, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinaire. Uh, the Tyler Moore in the yeah, building. So Yeah, so we're excited to have Tyler. Uh, I've known Tyler for a long time. We uh, grew up. Um, playing uh, baseball. I think we played summer ball together one summer. Um, he went to a high school pretty close to mine. He's a year, year younger than me. And uh, known through who he was for a long time, really, really well-known baseball player. I'll give a quick story on the first time I really knew who he was. It was my senior year of high school. And they, they came out, the Clarion Ledger always came out with like a all-metro team. And I was first base, and I, I was second team. And uh, there's this guy named Tyler Moore who's a first team, but my numbers were better than his. And I was like, this guy on my team, I was like, dude, what's up with this, man? And my numbers were better than his. Why Why is he ahead of me? He's like, oh, no, dude, he's really, really good. He's way better than you. Like, oh, okay. Sweet, man. Well, it turns out, yeah, he was way better than me. No, <laughs> so, uh, no he's like good, good. Yeah, exactly. That uh, connects to the title of this episode. We're actually calling it Getting to First Base with Tyler Moore. <laughs> oh, hey, Ben's got jokes. Ben's got nice, jokes. Nice. So, uh, so Tyler uh, – why don't you tell us a little bit uh, of your background, um, how you got to, to where you are today, and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. Glad to uh, be here with y'all. Um, you never told me that story. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was still pretty pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> still bitter. Years of therapy. Yeah. Uh, you know, grew up in uh, in Brandon, Mississippi, me and my mom. Actually in Jackson for a little bit till I was probably eight years old. Um, and then we moved to Flowood. And then went to school at Northwest Rankin, uh, played football and baseball. Um, you know, was just uh, just your regular kid until about 11th grade. I started, you know, excelling a little bit better in baseball and football. And, uh, you know, baseball my senior year kind of had a really good year and was able to get a scholarship to Meridian Community College. Got the scholarship, went there, and uh, just kind of started getting better and better, and then got a scholarship to Mississippi State, and then played one year at Mississippi State. Ron Polk's last year, we had a, an awful year, but it was fun. Uh, <laughs> and got drafted by the Washington Nationals, went and played rookie ball, had a few years in the minor leagues, then went to play in the big leagues with the Nationals, went to a couple playoffs there. Very fortunate to be in the playoffs with them. Um, and then got traded to the Braves four years later. Tore my hamstring uh, off the bone. Was able to uh, – I sat out uh, that whole year just about – played a little bit of AAA ball. And then I came to Coyote the next following year. And that's kind of how the CrossFit journey started. Uh, the next year after that was in the big leagues with the Marlins all year. And – now here I am with y'all. Yeah, 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 cool. So you got? Did you get drafted out of high school? Yeah, gra drafted out of high school really late, kind of a draft and follow process uh -huh. that they had back then. It was like the fortieth round or so. Uh -huh. um, so they they actually get the rights to you for a year. Okay. You know, just say, hey, we drafted you. We want to follow you up for the next year. Uh huh. I actually got drafted three times. Yeah, the Nationals. I was about to say you got you got drafted <laughs> in junior yeah. college too, didn't you? It was never very high, but you yeah. know, it was they just they kind of like me. They you had know, their they, eye on you yeah. from, the, uh -huh. from high school. And yeah. then you hit uh, a bunch of home runs at uh, at Meridian and then at Mississippi State, didn't you? Uh, I hit a few. Hit a few at uh, I think nineteen at Meridian or something one year, and then like 14 or something in, at Mississippi State that one year. Nice. Uh, yeah, man, had a, had a bunch of great coaches. Uh, and, 
you know, just that those college baseball days are so fun. Yeah. You know, you look back on those times. You're not getting paid any money. You just have, you know, sitting there enjoying <laughs> the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go back and link to one of our yeah. other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Reference two episodes ago, Chase. $100, $100 handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was it awesome running out onto the field at uh, at Duty Noble with all the barbecue grills and all that stuff going in the, oh, uh, man, in the outfield? It, it was Mississippi State was was such a fun time. We I, I hated that they went to the World Series the year before I got there, mm -hmm. and I remember me and my buddy Lee Swindle. We were sitting there. We both came from uh, Meridian, and we were on the front row in the in the re super regional, and there was like sixteen thousand people there, and I never forget it. Uh, they threw the last strike and they won the game and everybody charged the charged the field and it was something we'd never seen before and we were like we have to sign here. <laughs> so they had us they they sold us on that so we both signed there and uh, the next year was just kind of plagued with some injuries and stuff but you know the the fan base at Mississippi State they were always seemed to be pretty good pretty always behind us you know even though we were struggling they kind of had that unconditional love and that's what I loved about you know State is. Uh, they were still pulling for us. There weren't as many people in the fa in the stands, but they were still pulling for us whenever we had those weekend games and stuff. You know, even though we were struggling. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's kind of dig into uh, the training aspect of things. Um, I, th I think you and I have talked a lot about our training history for baseball. Um, what I was doing when I was playing baseball, and what you have done playing baseball. And I think we're both pretty similar in that aspect. And then uh, I think your training's. Uh, tra uh, changed a lot drastically uh, once you came to the gym. So, kind of talk about you know what you did growing up, uh, training wise, what you what that looked like in in high school and college, and then then once you got to the pros. Yeah. So for me, uh, man, I didn't really get serious into lifting weights until I was probably a senior in high school, and I don't know the reason. I guess I was just lazy. I didn't know if I didn't really want to do it. All my buddies were doing it. They were stronger, you know. And when I signed with Meridian, and after my senior year playing baseball, I was like, wow, you know what? I'm about to go to college. I kind of need to get a little stronger, you know. So started getting in the gym, started seeing results, and really started loving, you know, lifting weights after that and kind of, uh, you know, started doing it obviously more consistent. And uh, after pro ball hit, um, I kind of – it was tougher because we had a five month off season, you know, mm -hmm. and you, I didn't know how to handle that at first. I went into spring training, like 20% body fat one year, yeah, like wow. way overweight, weighed like 225, you know, and my playing weight was probably 210. And in spring training, it was half the time I was doing cardio to try to get this stuff off. Cause I was embarrassed, you know, I didn't know, didn't know how to handle the five months of uh, off season. Cause I was working also at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so years kind of came by where I would figure some things out. I would just do the strictly bodybuilding stuff. You know, I got back and chest today. I got legs and, you know, shoulders, you know, do that kind of stuff. And it just got so monotonous that I didn't feel very functional. I didn't feel – I felt stronger on those exercises. Yeah. But my overall core strength and overall healthy, I guess, athletic being was not, if that's even a term, uh, was was not there, you know. And it wasn't translating into your right into your performance into my performance, and that was like me sprinting, me you know really turning on a ball, torquing the ball, me throwing, you know, just being balanced. Mm -hmm. Basically, those things that you need to uh, perform. And um, also, I had another problem with you know after about two months going into the gym, it was like getting just. It, I was working out by myself or working out with one other guy, mm -hmm. and it would be – unless I had a trainer. I had a trainer earlier on, but I kind of stopped doing that, and I would do my own thing. And it would, I would walk in the gym some days, listen to my music, walk on the treadmill for about five minutes and walk straight out of the gym, mm -hmm. you know, because I had no accountability. There was nothing going on. It was just me pushing myself. And um, so when I got into Coyote – that really all that changed uh i got into coyote because of my wife i wanted to work out she wanted to work out with me and i wanted to work out with her and she had done crossfit before so i was like this this crossfit crap i can't i can't do this stuff it's just embarrassing you know? i had myself on this you know pedestal up here and i was yeah. like you, you know you're gonna go in here i just thought i didn't know what to think you yeah. know and 
quickly did I come in and get humbled real quick. Yeah. And uh, I realized that this is the real deal, and this is what I should have been doing the whole time. Yeah. And uh, not just the class, but the stuff after the class, the flexibility stuff. I mean, just just everything tangled in. I'm like, wow, it, it was just an eye opener. Yeah. Really. So so you played, you know, you know, high level high school. You played, you know, a really good junior college. You played SEC baseball. You played minors and majors. And you never really had like a prescribed strength program, which is you. which is absolutely incredible to me. The amount of money that these professional baseball teams invest or are investing into their players that they're playing their pay, paying their players, and they a lot of them don't even have a a strength and conditioning coach or even a place for their for their players to train. Right. Yeah, they have they have strength and conditioning coaches like all during the year, but during the off season, there's okay. nothing really. You know, yeah. it was kind of on your own, like you said. Uh, there is some Which program, is yeah. There's some programs out there, and I think they're getting better. But when I was coming up, it was just like a sheet, you know. That I mean, a book. You know, they give you this book, follow this book, and I'm looking at the book like this is some eyewash. That's what we call, you know, BS. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I was looking at this sheet like, man, I'm. I'm gonna do my. Own. I'm doing some body. I'm getting jacked. You know, yeah. that's all I want to do yeah. is look good in front. I'm of not here. picking that thing up. You know? It's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they're getting better, but I think once you get to the professional level, like the big leagues, uh, guys are making so much money and they want to invest so much in their body that they're having a personal trainer there holding their hand. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's kind of like, why would we give you this sheet when you're gonna do your own thing anyways? Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so that that that's kind of how that went. I was never really that way. I just thought I would do my own thing, you know. And then once I hit CrossFit, it was like, wow, this is this is what I need. This is what I needed the whole time. Yeah. So well, I, we kind of talk about your your journey uh, from when you entered our gym. So we put uh, uh, you and Whitney in the through the our ten session on ramp program, <laughs> and uh, I, I remember the very first day I was having you guys squat, and I was like. <laughs> man, this dude is tight. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's got one of the worst squats of anybody we've come in here. And, yeah. and you told me we had talked a lot about your history and how you torn your hamstring that year and all that stuff. I was like, well, no wonder he keeps getting hurt, man. Like he is really tight. So that was our first, like our, we really spent the whole first off season with you just getting you functional again, getting to where you could move properly. Like, I, you know, you couldn't come close to touching your toes. You couldn't squat without your chest coming down you had a lot of imbalances, you know, and so we really spent a lot of time just kind of correcting, um, all the issues that you had, you know, you, know, you play playing cleated sports, people get their ankles, getting calves, get super tight. Um, you know, from all the sitting we do every, most people are, are have really tight hips. And I think you see with more explosive type athletes that they just get even more and more tight and you're a very explosive, uh, fast twitch athlete. And so, I think you're just really, really tight from all that. So we really spent the majority of the time just getting you functional, getting you flexible to where our main goal was getting you through a whole season healthy, right? And, yeah. And that mm -hmm. was that was the main goal and trying to, to make sure that hamstring injury didn't flare up. So we spent uh, – well, that was about four months of corrective exercises, um, you know, single leg, single arm work, um, mobility work, stretching – uh, getting you back to where you can move healthy and try to get you to where you could, um, you know, complete a whole 162 game season uh, without without getting injured, and you were able to do that, right? Yeah, it was. Um, you, you just don't know until you get shown, you know. And yeah. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know I had imbalances. I didn't know that. I thought I was just completely mm -hmm. fine, you know. And that that maybe could have been injury prevention the year before, you know. Um, yeah. So in that, and in my case, it was you know if you save injury prevention, you you make more money. Yeah. You know, it's it comes down to it means a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, you know it's just small things like the hamstring stuff that we did, um, even with Clayton a little bit with uh, holding it up at the top where a lot of your hamstring strength comes from. You know, kind of behind your knee and at the glute areas where you need to strengthen it up a little bit more and. Uh, just the flexibility, like the Ramwa stuff you turned me on to, was just not only me not only physically was it good, but it was a stress reliever for me mentally. Also, mm -hmm. I would go up there and in my house and you know do the Ramwa stuff, 
and but at the same time bring in positive thoughts as I'm it's all almost like a meditation yeah you yeah. know and it was it, it 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 really did help me out I know uh during the season where I was bringing in positive thoughts all the time when I was doing my stretching and it was helping both sides so I think this is a big something we really, really need to address because, uh, you know, unfortunately because of one what's now been falsified study that's come out there. But if you, you get online, you start investigating CrossFit. I mean, your uh, physical performance was a, a much bigger deal, right? This right. is how you're making money. Not only that, though, you obviously love the sport and you want to be able to play it as long as possible. Injuries are a big deal, and you're actually thinking about it the inverse of what the, the common belief in culture is. If I venture into CrossFit, fit that I'm going to injure myself I'm going mm-hmm. to make my athletic career shorter yeah. you, you're thinking the exact opposite and your story has proven that getting there and getting involved in CrossFit was actually addressing some significant issues that were leading to injury I just think that's pretty fascinating to hear is that part of your story yeah it's uh every time that I bring up CrossFit to anybody in the baseball world or outside of the baseball world I was talking to my stepdad the other day I hate to call him out he's great but <laughs> <laughs> you know I told him about CrossFit and he's like oh be careful <laughs> don't get go get hurt you know and it, it, just anybody that I talked about they're saying you'll get hurt you know and I I don't know why it's gotten that such of a bad name or why because there are happened. bad coaches out there right, N- right none of which are at coyote <laughs> yeah, that's right that's good, good right commercial there but but I remember the like the, the the first summer that that you came in you know you uh I saw you know, looking at our uh, our muscle up rings, and I was like, "Yeah, you're not going to touch us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't even look at them." Yeah, yeah y'all. Have, uh, and I've had to do some things that are that are maybe not as aggressive because I have have to use my shoulder, you know. Yeah. Um. So we've kind of limited a little bit of those things, but for the most part, we've able to. When I press overhead, it's actually brought more flexibility to my throwing, and oh, my absolutely. throwing has increased because of overhead press, you know. And it's because I think I'm doing it the right way. You know, they've showed me how to do it the right way. If I do it the wrong way, obviously it creates bad, bad influence. But it's just knowledge. You know, you're, yeah. I'm investing in myself, just like going to college. You know, people get doctorates and all this stuff. I'm trying to invest in my body, flexibility. I'm trying to put the time in to obviously invest in myself to make more money, you know, to use my body as a tool. Yeah. Chris, maybe you can speak to this a little more, but, you know, it's all about developing yourself as a – creating yourself as a better athlete not just like trying to get stronger but training all 10 of the physical skills so that that's going to make you a better athlete all 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 across the board and I think that applies to whatever sport you're playing yeah absolutely and especially when you're you're talking about professional athletes every every MLB team you go to every one of those guys can play they're not there because you know they didn't just walk in the building and they threw a uniform on them every every single one of those guys can play baseball what it comes down to is you know a, a fitter athlete is going to be a better athlete. The fitter athletes are going to be the ones that uh, that last longer. They're the ones that are going to be able to keep coming back, and they're going to be able to avoid injury. They're going to be able to recover between games because their fitness level is higher than the next guy. I mean, obviously, you've got the outliers out there, like your Prince Fielders, who the only time he runs is the first base. Well, he doesn't yeah. play anymore either. Yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah, got, true. He had a lot of injury issues. You know? Yeah, but like, but people will be so quick to. Uh, point to people that get by strictly on God-given talent without developing themselves and what they don't realize is you know one you're probably not as talented as them they are the exception they are not the rule the majority of people you have your you have your talents for that sport but if you are not developing your body you're not going to be able to play as long or as effective as you possibly can I, th- I think that's the big thing. You're not going. Your career is going to be cut short if yeah. you're not focusing on taking care of your body. And I'm sure Tyler can can speak to that. Some I'm sure there's the guys you played with who were workout warriors and really took care of their body, and they probably had a lot longer career, even though they weren't maybe as naturally talented as somebody who was just God given talent. They just had to show up, and then maybe they started having injury issues or something like that. Yeah, you see it all the time with veteran guys. That, that it's crazy how. When I first came into the league, I didn't do anything. I would show up at one thirty. I would lift weights if I was in the lineup or not. You know, I would lift weights depending on if I was in. Obviously, I'd lift them harder if I wasn't. Um, but those veteran guys that played every day, it's such a toll on your body. People don't understand. You mm-hmm. you, you play 200 games a year. That's with spring training and the, and the big leagues. And then if you go to the playoffs, it's even more. I mean, we are playing just about every single – day and it's just that wear and tear of mental focus and just being ready every pitch you know 
run you don't really run that much unless you're kind of an outfielder but those catchers also um it's it's just you you come in the you come in the thing at two o'clock and the veteran guys are in the gym rolling their bodies out every day cold tub hot tub it's just a routine that they have and it takes like two hours for them to get ready i remember adam laroche uh and jason worth used to just be in the training room for like two hours before the game started, you know, and they're just getting massaged on their hamstring. They got something Good barking, but they just walk out. They walk out 20 minutes before the game and go out there and hit a homer and then, you know, come back in and do the same thing the next day. You know, it's just uh, 200 games is just – I don't know who made that schedule yeah, up. It's but <laughs> they, they, and those guys are still playing. And, you know, I don't know how old they're – but they're, what, they're probably mid-30s, late 30s, something like that? I think Worth just signed with Seattle. He's like 38. Wow, I think so. And th- so you add that up, that's like 15 years of playing 200 oh, games yeah. a year, and that guy is still, you know, still able to play a whole season. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you, and you see it with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady is—he's come out with his book now, and he's got all these documentaries, and he's talking about all this stuff. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, that guy's crazy. He's doing all this crazy stuff." Well, he's 41 years old, and he's just—he's yeah. still playing at an MVP level. Yep. Um, he is it's only crazy if it doesn't work. Yeah, he is obviously onto <laughs> something. You know, you got to take care of your body. If you don't, it's gonna gonna you know betray you. So the the earlier you can start taking care of your body, the the more you're gonna get out of it. I think yeah. I think it would go such a long way for baseball shortening the schedule. I know that'll never happen with TV <laughs> money and all that and all that kind of stuff. But I think it, with a shorter schedule, your main stars are gonna play more. You can limit the games to like how college does it a lot on yeah. weekends and stuff. More people will come to the games. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. Yeah. I know Let's talk about this more. for a second. You brought it up, and I don't want to blip past it because I think it's just universal, universally applicable to people who are listening to our podcast week in and week out. There's such a huge mental component, and we've talked a lot about the physical component, which is absolutely there. Uh, but you referenced being involved with Ron Wide. I just want to dig in a little bit to that. When you're getting into CrossFit workouts and the mental preparation, have you seen a lot of crossover between how to respond to stressful situations? A huge part of CrossFit, prepare for the unexpected. Has that translated well into your career being in a CrossFit environment rather than putting in the earbuds and doing the bodybuilding that you see a lot of benefit or you've gained a lot of mental prowess going into the seasons? Yeah, man. Uh, the mental side is probably – I love talking about the mental side of the game. Um, it is It is the number one – deal breaker in baseball um i've had guys first round picks that have come in and just had five tool abilities stuff stuff that nobody else can do and they just weed their way out and a ball and double a and they just never make it you know but like you said with the crossfit um and i don't know why those guys don't make it you know it's just like they start to struggle and they can't stop the bleeding and it just keeps struggling so it's like sand you know it's like quicksand they start digging their, their way out the harder they try the worse they get you know and it just keeps falling down uh but the mental toughness there i think crossfit kind of builds that you know when you're in that you're in that wad and you're going and you're halfway through and you're like dude I'm, i want to quit right now you know and you just have I, to i don't push know through. what that feeling is <laughs> yeah. i've heard people describe it so yeah. you're like dude I, I gotta push through and something inside of you i don't know what it is just says all right let's just keep going and you just start getting your breath back and you start breathing and um you know, I, I don't know if that has a has something to do with, you know, that's got to tie into something with when you're struggling and you're, you've are you had enough and you say, all right, this is enough as far as I'm going. And then you just turn it on and something kind of clicks and it goes, I wish mine would come a little faster sometimes because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I allow myself to go through so much pain, you know, mental struggle for so long. And then finally I'll say, okay, it's enough, but I don't, it's hard to figure out that spot. You know, you can't really figure out when that spot's going to happen. Uh, but like I, like I was saying with the Ramwad, like the mental stress, it really helps to just go to that meditation state and just to relax, and it gets you back to kind of that ground zero. And uh, because the game is just tough, it's all about failure, especially as a hitter. You know, I'm going up there striking out half the time. You know, and I'm walking back to the dugout like I suck. You yeah, know, yeah. you have to have something that is gonna bring you back okay i'm here for a reason you know i've had to lean on the lord a lot man it's it's been there's never a time where it's been just all hunky-dory you know it's it's been 10 years of just battling every time because i'm going up there trying to hit this white ball coming in at 95 
and it's just not fun sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. No, I mean, baseball, I mean, it, baseball is, is the hardest thing there is. I mean, hitting a baseball is so hard. And to be successful, I mean, even the most successful people in the world at baseball get out seven out of ten times. So the yeah. mental, mental component is such a big aspect. And you talk about meditation, and we've talked about it before, and I'm such a big proponent of it. And, I mean, you know, Tim Ferriss in his book Tools of Titans, he interviews all these, you know, uh, high performers in different areas of life and 90% of them practice daily meditation. So, you know, people, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, meditation, that's just some hippie crap, you know, or whatever. But nah. it's like, I mean, you sound it, just like him. Know, that was awesome. <laughs> all it is, is like, you know, it's just sitting down and breathing and clearing your mind and focusing and just letting your mind, you know, letting your stress dissolve away for a little bit not, you know, we're so focused on going a mile a minute all the time and God, you don't be have doing to this. chant or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You got doing this and doing that. And our smartphones are, are, we're always like trying to do something. It's like, take a step back, slow down for five or 10 minutes, relax and breathe and clear your mind. And it's amazing what it'll do for you if you do that every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, living in the present is, is one of the biggest things that you can do as a baseball player and probably any professional athlete. Um, you know, the, the guys like, like Bryce Harper, I've played with him for four, four or five years. And this guy one night will be the worst hitter in baseball. You know, he, he's gotten a lot better now with his consistency, but you know, obviously we know he's a phenomenal hitter and athlete, but when he was younger, he would just have a really tough game, like three strikeouts and then a double play, you know, and then he would come up his fifth at bat and hit a homer and you're yeah. just like what is going this guy couldn't sniff the baseball yeah. you know earlier and then the next day he would come out and he would go three for four and then he would go through another funk where he would go you know oh for 15 and then he would just jump out of it. it it was just always like he forgot about the last at bat he was always just living in the present moment he was mm-hmm. never too down on himself never like crap i can't do this he, he was just always he just knows he's the best you know and he just He's never – he doesn't stay in those bad moments for too long, yeah. you know, just because he is living in the present. And I think that's what we're talking about with meditation is you get into a, a quiet spot and it's just like you're living in the present. You feel and, and hear your breathing that's coming on and, you know, it's just able for you to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, I think so So many people, and, you know, I think we're all guilty of it to some degree at some points, but, you know, you get caught up living in the past and drawing on the past, or you get caught up thinking about the future and, and worrying about what's going to happen instead of realizing, like, just be focused on the present. Yeah. That's all that you can control right now and live in that moment. And, you know, it's you're going to have a lot more success in whatever you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm a big believer in that. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, your training. Let's go into uh, specifics on that, and, and we can get Chris to chime in on this. Uh, but, you know, for me, you know, I play baseball too, not, not near as high level as you did, but you know, I was really big into training specifically for baseball and what I was doing was probably more detrimental to my baseball than helping it back when I was doing it. And I tell people all the time, man, I wish I was doing the stuff I'm doing now back when I played baseball, because I'm such a better athlete. I'm more flexible. I'm stronger. I'm more explosive. Um, I'm, I'm more fit. I have more endurance. Um, but for like specific baseball, like what I used to do would be, you know, dumbbell bench press and, and, uh, curls and tricep extensions and isolation stuff and leg presses and quarter squats and all that type of stuff. And now like the more functional type stuff that, that we do in CrossFit is what's more geared toward, um, baseball specific. So like, I think baseball players, in my opinion, should be doing a whole lot of power cleans and hang power cleans. Um, a lot of squats um, deadlifts, pulling from the ground, you know, lifting overhead, like you said, maybe not going super heavy, but lifting overhead, developing that range of motion and developing the shoulder strength that you need a whole lot of core work, you know, a tons of tons of core work and not like sit-ups necessarily, but more like plank holds, you know, static holds, stuff like that, holding your core, um, front squats, you know, without a belt, stuff like that. And then, you know, adding in the CrossFit workouts, that are going to develop that endurance because especially in baseball, you play 162 games a year. You got to be fit to make it all the way through the year. The longer you can stay fit, um, the better off you're going to be because, you know, if you're not in good shape, 
you know, after a while your body's going to start breaking down and it doesn't matter how good of a baseball player you are. You're not going to be able to hold those good mechanics when your body's breaking down. So that, you know, that's type of the, the type of stuff that, that we prescribe for, for athletes, you know, also explosive type stuff. So like jumping, you know, explosive jump, stuff like that. Chris, you, you, you have some other ideas of what you would have a, a baseball player uh, do if they were trying to train for a high level? Oh, yeah. One of the first things that I would want to look at is how, is, uh, how well they, uh, they pull with the, uh, with the upper body. Mm-hmm. Because if you, um, you break down the, uh, the dynamics of the throw, I mean, a lot of baseball players are going to, they're going to bench press, they're going to push out here in front, develops the pecs. You develop the pec. The pec is a, an internal rotator, so it's going to help bring the arm over for a throw. But what goes, uh, what kind of gets neglected is the uh, the back of the shoulder, the uh, the lats, the delts, the rhomboids, all that kind of stuff. If your if your pecs are the accelerator, all that needs to be the brakes. You got to have something to uh, to slow that down. And um, if that gets uh, if that gets neglected, all of a sudden. You're throwing, you're benching, you're throwing, you're benching. That shoulder starts to turn in, and anytime you go overhead with an internally rotated shoulder, you do it over and over and over again. That's when you start seeing a lot of a, a lot of labrum issues, um, a lot of a lot of rotator cuff problems. And so, what that's what I really try to look at with baseball players. You don't want to give them so much that they have that it starts to slow down their arm velocity, but you have to really, you know, make sure, you know, checking, uh, checking posture and making sure that shoulder's not getting pulled in too much and just really monitoring that, uh, that pain level, but, um, giving them just little tools like that to make them a more balanced athlete will, uh, keep them throwing harder and it'll keep them, keep them throwing harder longer. Yeah. And, and, you know, I tore my labrum in college playing baseball on, on my non-throwing shoulder on a mm-hmm. swing. And it was, I know it's cause I was doing so much bench press my shoulders were just so internally yeah. rotated that I didn't have the external rotation to be able to get it into a safe position. I pulled off outside pitch and it felt like somebody shot me in the back of the shoulder. But I also think that's why so many people have elbow issues and Tommy John and stuff because they don't have the muscles in their back to support the the velocity that their their arm is coming through every single time they throw, you know, and now people are thrown so hard that you need to have really strong muscles to be able to take the pressure off. And if you don't, that's going to go somewhere. And a lot of people it's going straight to their elbow. And I mean, I mean, there's time kids are having Tommy John at like 12 years old now. It's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because something that I thought was, uh, was fascinating. You talked about how long the, uh, how long and grueling a baseball season is. Yeah. But then you also said you have a five month off season. Yeah. And I've got, you know, we have, uh, you know, people come into the, uh, come into the gym. They talk about, Oh, you know, we finally got a break, uh, break from baseball. And I'm, you know, like, you know, how long are y'all taking off? Like, well, we're taking this month off and then we're getting back on the <laughs> team. You got 12 year old kids playing longer than professional baseball players yeah, with shorter with shorter off seasons that's crazy it's yeah i don't i don't know what i mean that i will i just encourage kids to play multiple sports you know and Thank just you. uh yeah yes they would play football baseball basketball if, as much as the parents can stand taking them to all these games you know yeah. uh play as many sports as you can because i i tried to and my little brother reed who's with the the rockies now he he did those same things too so um, I but, think just being the athlete and having fun at that age is is the best. Didn't you say you were a middle linebacker back in the day? Uh, I was a chunky one. Didn't uh, you want you want to strap it on with Caleb one time <laughs> for the Oklahoma drill? <laughs> yeah. he I love, I love to do that his with mouth him. a little bit, and, and Tyler said, "Let's strap him up and see what you uh, got." Uh, <laughs> he's a trip, ain't he? <laughs> Let, let's uh, well, you know, we got a major league baseball player on the show, and that's you know. Professional athletes are always, you know, fascinating to us because they're living a life that that most of us dream about but never have actually lived. So, you know, maybe could you tell us a couple of little inside stories of what it's like to be up in the big leagues? Maybe give us a, a couple of uh, stories of stuff, funny stuff that's happened that that uh, the average person might not know about. Oh man, um, living up there it's awesome. It's it's a dream to be in, up there in the big leagues. You know, you got guys that are young and everybody. All those guys have money, and they just don't. It's like they're the life of the show every night. So it's uh, you see some things that are uh, that are that are really funny and stick with you and stuff. Um, they're very competitive. We had I'll tell you one story. We had uh, we were in New York, and we had an off day the next day. And Matt Thornton, we had, we had, so after all the flights, we always go out to ease a team. And you know, some guys make it, some guys don't. We had like ten guys out that night, and uh, Scherzer was sitting to my left. This is when I was with the Nationals. 
and Matt Thornton, who was my buddy that we played golf with a lot, we were just starting into golf. So both of us were not real good, but he was cocky about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, across the table was Ian Desmond and, and Dan Ugla, buddies of mine that play golf too. And they knew that me and Matt had been um, kind of battling back and forth on the course. And I think Matt had had some cocktails that night and he was feeling pretty uh, froggy. So he kind of told me, he told me, uh, that I wouldn't bet him in golf, you know, and I was like, ah, Matt, this guy's got 15 years in the big leagues. He's made over $50 million, you know, and I just, I'm a rookie at this time, you know, he's like, you won't play me. You won't bet me in golf a hundred bucks tomorrow. You don't have that in your wallet. And he's making fun of me, you know, and Scherzer is to my left and Matt is sitting at the end of the table to my left way down there. So Matt can't see Scherzer talking to me. So Scherzer turns to my right and he says, bet him five grand right now. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm looking at Scherzer like, holy smokes. You know, I I don't, I was like, (laughs) and so I just said it. I came out of my shell and I was like, I got 5K on it tomorrow morning. We were playing at 630 in the morning and a whole table erupted. (laughs) Everybody was like, oh my gosh. And Thornton kind of shut his mouth. He was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you. You know, he couldn't believe that I said that. <laughs> and he kind of – he didn't get scared, but he was like, all right, we'll go five grand. And Scherzer turned to me again and said, make it ten. <laughs> 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 and I'm, like, cross-eyed by this point. So I, I yell it out. I was like, make it ten, Matt, you know. And uh, the whole table erupted again. Matt turned down, you know. It, it was just – it was one of my funnest nights I had had. And uh, the next day – Long story short, we get out to the the uh, the course, and he says, uh, "You know, you really want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." Or I was kind of messing with. Him. He was like, "Let's let's back it down. Let's just do a pair of boots." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> we ended up tying that day, which is oh. as bad as that sounds. Uh, we couldn't play another hole, so but it was a fond memory. Um, there's more stories like that, but it's it's just fun. The bus trips are some of the funnest times because you. You get on there, you call rookies to the front of the bus. They have to sing a song, you know, and you you ask them all these questions. And, um, you know, it's just it's just a fun team environment. It's hard, it's hard to get that. That's something I'm really going to miss after I'm done playing is just that, that camaraderie with the guys and just being in the locker room every day. One of the funniest stories I've heard, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but somebody told me that uh, when uh, Dan Ugla was with the Braves, uh, they were getting on the plane, and, he, you know, he's a kind of a shorter guy, and he was – trying to put his stuff up in the bin and he was kind of standing on his tippy toes and one of the one of the younger guys was taller he's like hey ugly you want he need me to help you uh get that up in the bin and he said no nah, i'll just stand on my wallet <laughs> 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 oh uh, man i thought that was hilarious yeah dan's a great guy man he is <laughs> man i appreciate you coming to sit down with us it just kind of gets to the heart of the crossfit culture that there are people inside of coyote that are literally working out next to professional athletes and uh, that vibe just doesn't come off of you so i want to just give you some respect about that to be in there working just like the next guy encouraging the next guy i mean you're like one of the biggest fist bump guys in coyote Uh, (laughs) you know especially if uh, i'm laid out on the floor which is like a daily occurrence so yeah we just appreciate you being part of the coyote family submitting yourself to this torture being interviewed (laughs) by us here (laughs) so we're going to make a transition here as we wrap up our episodes when we have a guest we go into a segment called grill the guest Oh and uh, yeah, you don't know what these questions are, are going to be about. We just kind of have a couple rapid fire questions that you give answers to, and uh, you know they don't have to be too well thought out, which is good for you and yeah. great for the audience. All right, yeah. so I think I'm going to lead out because this is part of I think anybody who's ever been an athlete, they've got this part of their portfolio there that's just intensely personal. What I'd like to know is when you're coming up on an intense game or an intense situation. What is actually on your playlist or something you're going to put? You just feel like you could conquer the world if you hear this one song because I think it's probably something out of Beyonce's portfolio. <laughs> I am a fan of some of her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, man, I like uh, I, I like the NF. I don't know if y'all have heard of him. Uh, he's kind of a Christian rapper, NF and uh, Lecrae. I, I like those guys. They uh, They get it pumped up. <laughs> And it's still a little bit of positive stuff coming through, but it's got that beat that, that gets you going. So I, I enjoy that. It, get, it gets me going. Word. It's surprisingly – their music is surprisingly intense. Yes. You're like, man, these guys are angry. But then you start listening to the lyrics, you're like, no, they're just really passionate about what they believe. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's good good positive stuff that, you know, I can get fired up about and not be like, wow, what the heck am I listening to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good call, good call. 
So uh, you want me to go next? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so yeah, I, I typically ask the same questions. I'm a big believer in uh, getting to know somebody by knowing their their choice in pop culture. I think that that you can learn a lot lot about people that way. So I'm going to ask you what your favorite movie, book, TV show, and musician are. Oh wow, um, movies probably. Um, it's a tough one to to put that up there. I love I love the movie Lonesome Dove. Yeah. My granddad was like big into that, and I watched it. You know, I've watched it a, a hundred times now. Really long movie though. That that's a good one. I like uh, the Major Leagues. Those yeah. are just yeah. super <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and uh, probably Forrest Gump is yeah, one yeah. of the top ones. We, up there. We've actually recommended Lonesome Dove uh, the book before on here. Uh, a so few we're, times. We're big really? Fan of Lonesome yeah. Dove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. A great, great book. Great great miniseries. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Awesome. Good meditation. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, book, oh, golly, I wish I read more. I'm trying to get into this. Just uh, say Lonesome Dove. Yeah, <laughs> I read uh, I read Josh Hamilton's book when I was in college, and I couldn't put it down. I read it in like three days, yeah. and uh, that that's probably one of my favorites up uh-huh. there. Uh, just a fascinating story how he was on drugs for so long, came back and had a major league career. He's a he's a stud athlete, so it was it was a fun book to read. Um, what you what else you asked? TV show, TV show, and uh, musician. Uh, TV show, oh, man, I watch a lot of these, um, Game of Thrones is yeah. pretty good, you know. About <laughs> time we had somebody on the yeah. podcast that watched. None of these dudes watch Game of Thrones, and I've been trying to get them to watch it for I don't forever. Have HBO. Yeah, little, I was hoping little for vulgar. Car Sharks. <laughs> you can use my HBO password, yeah. bro. <laughs> little vulgar, but two and a half year old. We, we, got, we watched look, Mickey look, Mouse. Let's just line the excuses <laughs> out. Let's put them all out here. Well, on I got two and a, okay, now that you solved the HBO problem, yeah. I have a child. <laughs> right after Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Paw Patrol, I'll try yeah. to watch it. <laughs> big, uh, big Seinfeld fan too. I love some Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. It's just too funny. Classic. Yeah. You a Seinfeld guy or a Kramer guy? Uh, or George. I'm a Kramer guy. I like the. Uh, I like. I like George. George. Oh, is so funny, he's too good. Yeah, George is hilarious. What a surprise! Uh, yeah, he's always frustrated. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that takes us to what musician? Yeah, you kind of already touched on, I guess, unless you got another one. Yeah, I was specifically asking about what just like gets you fired up. That you know, you're probably not looking to be in that state every time you listen to music. So. Yeah, I like some uh, revolution stuff too, like some kind of reggae a little bit. Yeah. I don't smoke weed, but <laughs> <laughs> I know that kind of labels in that music. But I, I just like that kind of music. Obviously, I like more '90s country a lot. Um, some of the country out here now is is a little bit. Um, Anything post two thousand three is not country. Yeah, some some Except of it's good. Except for Chris Stapleton, yeah. come on, yeah. we got to put that out there. Except yeah. Stapleton, and I, I've got my favorites that I still listen to now. But nineties country like that, uh, you know, Garth Brooks, Sammy Kershaw, you know, George Strait, some of those. That, yeah, I think, just, you know, now that you mention that, you do pull into the parking lot, and listen to Carried Away a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, man, that's a little weird. A love song, George I don't know. It's, it's not that expensive. Hey, it's a good one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks and Dunn can't leave them out. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool. All right, so Chris is usually the guy that just ties the guest brain in a knot with his questions, oh, so we're Lord. all anticipating what this is going to be. Good luck, no, Tyler. you guys are going to like these questions. Okay. Um, uh, worst thing you had to do as a rookie, initiation-wise? Oh, my goodness, man. This is by far the worst thing I've ever had to do. Per- period, like any, period anything, in your life? Period <laughs> in my life. We had to dress up as um, Olympians and no underwear – no, nothing. Just straight. Uh, what do you call those things? Where it's like a, it's like a. Um, oh, a uh, like a like a toga almost. Yeah, yeah, almost like that. Like it was a bathing. Suit. It would look like a one onesie bathing suit that a woman would wear. <laughs> we had to wear that all of us. It was like six of us. Even with that description, I still kind of don't understand the onesie. Yeah, that like a, just made you wear the onesie. It's like a one <laughs> piece bathing onesie. suit okay, that a female gotcha. wears. Gotcha. Like we were wearing them, and it had USA stripes all over it. And we had to walk in the oh, middle. Oh, like, like a singlet. Yeah. Okay. We had I to walk you. in the middle of New York City with it. When I, we had to go to bars with it, and like, you know, it was just bad. Like, <laughs> it was embarrassing, but, you know, they, they made us do it. How do you prepare for something like that? You don't. Stay warm. <laughs> you, think, you think about the paycheck. You don't. You, <laughs> come, you come out after the game, and it's in your locker hanging up, and you're like, dude, what is this? We're wearing shorts with this, right? They're like, no. <laughs> oh, man. And Chase, all, the, look, all look. the guys' wives were there, too, taking oh, pictures. Just, it Let's was link bad. that picture to the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was bad. Okay, what's, the, uh, what's the, uh, the best town to be in when you're on the road, and why? Oh, the best town. 
man, when I, I was with the Nationals, we used to come to Miami, and it was so much fun because it was just a um, – it was like a getaway vacation because we were staying at like the Four Seasons right there in Brickell, and it was like um, – pool was immaculate the place was just super nice you know mm -hmm. it was like it was a vacation it was like a uh, resort so that was fun um going to chicago is awesome i like pittsburgh too that stadium is just beautiful um can, can you think of any that like uh you wouldn't think would be fun but are uh, but are pretty awesome um i like milwaukee yeah, you know, it's a dome. Really, and you get to stay there. It's a kind of cool hotel. Uh, there's stuff to do afterwards. Good places to eat. Um, you wouldn't think it, but it's it's a good, mm. cool little town. Very good. Milwaukee. All right, so uh, so my last one. Baseball players are known for being superstitious. So I want to know if you had any superstitions of your own, and who was the most superstitious uh, player that you ever played with, and what was uh, like his big thing? What was his big superstition? Oh gosh. Yeah, there's some crazy, crazy folks out there. Uh, Harper's probably the most, one of the most superstitious I've ever seen. If this guy doesn't get a hit with one bat, he's switching another bat, and he will use anybody's bat on the team. Doesn't matter the size, weight, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I remember me and him. He he used my bat a couple times in Toronto one time, and he just went off. And so every I had like shipping bats. You know? <laughs> it was like it was funny because uh, I was probably in AAA or something, and uh, you know. I didn't really have a whole lot of superstition. At one time in my career, I thought I would try to do the opposite of superstition, and that was a superstition. Yeah. <laughs> so if I don't get me wrong, if I get a couple hits one night, I'm going to eat the same spot. And you know, you get hot, you're eating the same spot six times a day, and that's usually you know your breakfast spot that you get up at you know ten or eleven and go eat at. But you get the same meal, same amount of coffee, and just do the same routine. It's 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 very it, it's unbelievable. You drive yourself nuts. There you go. So, well, yeah, I think just getting in a routine. I mean, any, get yourself in that in that positive mindset that you were in before you started. You know, that goes for anything. You know, you get, yeah. get in the same routine every day. You can kind of duplicate the results every day. Yeah, routine is a big part of the mental the mental process too. Yeah, like we were sure. talking earlier. So, mm -hmm. so one last question, wrapping up the episode today. Uh, you have an opportunity here behind the mic to give advice to so many people. You know, actually across the world that are tuning in, but specifically to people that are coming into Coyote. What would you like to tell them as far as CrossFit is concerned, what you've learned, or what, what they should focus on? Just a great piece of advice for those folks. Uh, probably just don't get discouraged. You know, you're going to have, you know, CrossFit is, is very tough, like I said earlier, and it's very humbling because I still can't do a lot of the exercises out there, and I thought I was going to come in and, and do great, you know. And uh, just don't get discouraged and keep learning every day. And every it, it's, it's fun when you – complete an obstacle because you you it's almost like a rewarding feeling you're like all right on to the next one you know so that's the biggest thing is just stay stay in it and you know crossfit will speak for itself you'll start seeing body changes like crazy real quick and um you know just stay positive with it and keep keep going yeah well tyler thanks a lot uh, for your time today thanks for being with us we got to give a little bit of uh, time here for hunter to wrap up our episode with the uh weekly recommends That's right. how are you gonna follow arnold i'm not real sure about this oh you can never top arnold he, <laughs> he should be the recommend every week i didn't realize when you were talking about arnold's life how much he and i had in common i need to go read that book so successful in so many levels <laughs> in so many different levels we, so many we different both things. lived <laughs> <laughs> and have lifted a weight yeah. uh no so uh my weekly recommend is um, so CrossFit just came out with their documentary, their yearly documentary on the games, mm. uh, the redeemed and the dominant. That was really cool. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. But my recommend would be the behind the scenes at the games. Um, so Savan, uh, every year does the documentary behind the scenes and he will just go and interview the athletes, uh, during the, the, um, uh, during the weekend. And it's more, I mean, he has a few action shots, but it's more like just kind of getting their mindset on what they're thinking about while they're competing. Um, and I really enjoy that a lot more than the actual documentary because it's more raw, it's more real. You get to really see uh, the people. You, he gets, gets them at their best and he gets them at their worst. And um, he has he throws a lot of humor in there. So it's they're really good. And they're, they're I mean, he'll have like five or six that are each like an hour and an hour and a half long each year. So um, if you're really into CrossFit or CrossFit games like I have, I've seen all of them going back to when he first started. Um, but I think he has some of his old ones on YouTube. The new one, you'll have to be a CrossFit Journal subscriber, which I think is like 
10 bucks a year or something like that. So yeah. it's nothing crazy. It's not expensive. So, so you go to uh, CrossFit Games behind the scenes um, on YouTube. See if you can watch those. And if you want to see the newer ones, you can go CrossFit.com. Um, check out the CrossFit Journal, and you can find it on there. But I would highly recommend those if you enjoyed the the documentary uh, the, the documentaries that are on Netflix and iTunes. So Redeemed and Dominant plus the uh, – so that's two separate recommends. You do this all the time. You got two separate recommends. You're dropping one in there like, and this one too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I recommend you stop talking, Ben. <laughs> that's your third recommendation. <laughs> You're out. Third, You're out. Trifecta, yeah. All right, Chris, what do you got? All right, so um, back uh, several, several episodes ago, I, I recommended pretty much anything on YouTube with uh, Jordan Peterson. And um, I talked about how I hope to uh, uh, read his book one day. And uh, two, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, John Isaacs actually came into the gym, said he was ordering books off of Amazon, and heard me talk about Jordan Peterson. That gave me his book. So I've... Started reading this book, really enjoying it so far, and hopefully be done with it soon so I can recommend it even further. Cool. Uh, 12, 12 Rules for Life is the uh, is the name of the book. Yeah, so this... far, I recommend the first five rules. Have you got to another <laughs> seven? Yeah, I don't know how the rest are going to work out. Yeah. This book is just like taking taking the country by storm. Man, it's it is, it's man. so funny. I was at a thing that very weekend after we shot that episode, and somebody was talking about it, and he actually was talking about keeping your shoulders back the exact same thing you yep. said mm-hmm. i mean i think it was like the next day i was like man this is crazy and i've been now that i know about it i've been it's hearing a lot of people right talk now. about yep. it so it's really interesting yeah and it's got tons of resources so if you're not a book guy you can watch a couple of videos like you, you recommend a very solid mm-hmm. recommend so you take a different strategy than hunter and you give a one really good recommend yeah. right be, be prepared to <laughs> no, really he, to really sit down and ha- and digest it he he has a he has a very interesting way of the how he how he structures his thoughts. So a lot of times, like you already be like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what was that?" And <laughs> yeah. so, so technically, Chris gave half a recommend because two I e- gave two, so that evens out to one each. Yeah, because yeah. his was a repeat, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna close this episode out uh, by going to this last part. Where we always say, if you are uh, gaining value from listening to these episodes, please take the time uh, to like these episodes, to like the podcast, and share it with people that you think it will benefit. And shout out to Matt Frazier for his killer review he left us on iTunes. Yeah, that really was. He's, <laughs> he's generally just a really friendly guy anyway uh, so to reach out there and give us a recommend so yeah we would love for those uh, reviews to grow so we can get the word out i mean recording this podcast is something we really enjoy and we think that listeners would enjoy it as well so if you're with us week to week please take the time open up that app and share it with somebody that you care about